We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for February 22nd, 2015. And uh, today, first part is going to be essentially a Bible study. I imagine it's going to go at least one part. And uh, then the rest, we're going to be getting into the progressive ways uh, which America is really being destroyed from the, um, from the inside out with this current regime that's in place. So before we get into all the current events, I wanted to just do a Bible study. And this we're going to be covering kind of a lot of different subjects. Some subjects maybe I haven't covered in a little while. And it's good to really refocus on the Word of God, particularly in the days and times that we're, we're moving into, um, <clears throat> so that we have the correct perspective, so that we're not operating in the fear of man, um, but, you know, we're operating in faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ and in the fear of God. And that's where we want to really be focused in on, no matter what is going on around us. So, <clears throat> I'm just going to be going through several different verses here. First one is Matthew 7:12. It says, Therefore all things whatsoever ye do, ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Okay? Um, so that's basically the golden rule that we're talking about here. Um, that's where, you know, where they say, well, do unto others as you'd have done unto yourself. And I had a, a man one time say, well, where's that in the Bible? Because he thought he had me and <clears throat> it's actually right here. Okay. That's where that's actually said. So, um, Jesus Christ said this, he said, for this is the law and the prophets to, to, Basically, do unto others as, as you would have done unto yourself. And what that typically um, entails is not being self-centered when dealing with others. And uh, that goes against the carnal nature um, that I think we all battle to a certain extent. And um, it's just a matter of trying to put others ahead of yourself. Jesus Christ said, let them that's greatest among you let them be your servant. So that's another verse that, that um, you could also look at regarding that, putting others ahead of yourselves. Uh, so that's kind of a bedrock, bedrock verse for life as a Christian. You know, really is. I mean, if you, if you just abide by that one verse, so many other things just take care of themselves. Having integrity in your dealings, whether it be business, whether it be uh, personal, having integrity is a big part of that. Doing what you say you're going to do. Treating, I mean, if you don't like it when somebody says, I'm going to do something, and they don't do it. You, you don't like that, right? Well, then don't do it unto other people. That's a, that's a great example. Um, and being righteous with people loving enough loving them enough to tell them the truth and, and you could go being compassionate being merciful exhibiting the fruit of the spirit toward others love joy peace long-suffering gentleness meekness faith goodness these are these are things that are kind of encompassed in that verse then Matthew 22 36 through 40 says master which is the greatest commandment in the law Jesus said unto them now remember they were still under the law then okay and <clears throat> Jesus said unto them, they were under the Levitical law, I should say. The Jews were under Levitical law of the Old Testament. So, 
Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord uh, thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Um, this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So, um, there's another kind of bedrock verse for life as a Christian. Those two that we just covered. 1 John 3, 22-24 says, And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments. And do those things which are pleasing in his sight. And this is the commandment, that we should believe on the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. So again, he boils these commandments down in this particular case, 1 John 3, 22-24, by saying that we should believe on the name of, of the Son, Jesus Christ, which is how the, the bedrock for how you get saved, okay, and love one another. So loving one another, particularly they that are of the brethren, because I, I understand it's pretty tough to <laughs> love everybody, you know, all the time. I mean, it's pretty tough to love ISIS when they're lopping off and, and hacking off the heads of Christians and things of this nature. And um, you know what I mean there. Okay, now that also gets into the whole thing of, of looking at the wicked and and um, understanding that they are vessels of wrath, fitted, which means prepared ahead of time for God's destruction, and that the wicked go astray from the womb, they speak lies as soon as they be born. And the Bible talks about the wheat and the and the are the uh, wheat and the tares, the 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 wheat being Christians and, and the tares being the children of the wicked ones. So, um, that gets into the whole thing of loving your enemies, as well. Okay, but. Also, we are never going to pray that they prosper in that wickedness so that they can go out and lop more heads off Christians and rape more um, women and do more wickedness. You know, in this particular case, God knows the beginning from the end. He knows if they're going to repent. He knows if they're, you know, all of that. And um, it had been better that they had never been born, essentially, if they stay on that present course. But the wicked will do wickedly, the Bible says. You know, and um, God prepared everything for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. I mean, so it, a lot of verses are, are tough to comprehend, but um, I think that's why I did the study on Psalm 64, too, which is imprecatory prayers, uh, Christian's door of hope, which if you haven't availed yourself to that, I would just recommend you can. The verse uh, word Psalm at contendingfortruth.com in Psalm 64. And, um, where it talks about not only God hiding you from the secret counsel of the wicked and from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity, but later on in the chapter where it says, but God shall shoot at them with an arrow and suddenly shall they be wounded and so they shall make their own tongues to fall upon themselves. And all men shall flee away and shall fear and shall declare, you know, essentially the work of the Lord is what we're looking at here. So God's name is glorified when he judges wickedness. And fear falls upon the wicked when that happens as well. Uh, so they're not prospering in wickedness, in other words, which is a good thing. We, we, we would never pray for the wicked to prosper in wickedness. Pray for their salvation, but not that they prosper in, in wickedness. So um, let's go further. Uh, so back to 1 John 3, 22 through 24. 
It says that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment, and that, and he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him, and hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit, which he hath given us. Okay, so these are things of believing on the Son of Jesus Christ and loving one another, particularly they of the brethren, which it said that in other places. Um, those are things as like spiritual self-checks to know that you're saved. Okay, when you do something wrong, when you when you and, and let's say you don't confess it and you don't repent of it, and you keep on that. Well, the Bible says, of whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth, meaning if God is your child, he's going to spank you because you're his child if you're doing wrong. Um, for whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth. And if you be without chastisement, then you're bastards. A bastard is an illegitimate son. So the people that say they're a Christian and there's no chastisement on their life whatsoever and they're going their merry way and they're living in sin, they have no conviction of sin, which is a good example of that they've probably, their conscience has been probably um, seared with a hot iron, like the Bible talks about in 1 Timothy 4.1. Um, they've been turned over a reprobate mind, possibly, according to Romans 1. Well, if that's the case, then that's a real scary position to be in because God's not even there to convict them. They don't think they're doing anything wrong. They think they're in need of nothing. And then you go to Revelation chapter 3, where it talks about the Laodicean church age, and it says that they're neither hot nor cold, but they think they're lukewarm. They think they're in need of nothing, and God's going to vomit them out of his mouth. They think, you know, I'm rich, I'm in increased in goods, I'm in need of nothing. But in God's eyes, they're blind, wretched, weak, naked before him. That's not the situation you want to find yourself in. So, <clears throat> I get all emails and, and people asking me about that, and they're like, you know, there's no hope for me in this type of thing. I, I'm like, yeah, but hold on, God's convicting you. God's convicting you right now just by the virtue of you writing me, you virtue of you being really concerned <laughs> about your own salvation. Maybe they are um, living in in sin right now, and and and, and God's chastising them, and and they're thinking, well. I've got no hope. Well, okay, but you're his, if you're his child, he's going to chastise you. Okay, so I try to encourage people in that regard. You know, okay, God's chastising you. There's a difference here. If you weren't being chastised, if you had no conviction of sin, if you reveled in what you were doing, you know, then that would be the time to be really concerned. But then again, I want to get an email then because they wouldn't think anything's wrong. <laughs> so just kind of look at it that way. Um, Hebrews 12, 24, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, not the old Levitical law system, but the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel, Abel and his blood sacrifice. Um, so Jesus Christ is the mediator of a new covenant. Okay. Um, if righteousness cometh by the law, then, then our, 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 um, faith is dead and in vain essentially, is, is how the Bible puts it. Spe specifically, to, to give you the actual verses that we're in reference to here, uh, Romans 10.4, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth, meaning believeth having faith on, on Jesus Christ. So, um, uh, Galatians 2.21, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, 
then Christ is dead in vain. That was the one I was I was really in reference to there. So um, anyway, if, if you want to know more about that, just key in the word Hebrew in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. I've done tons and tons of teachings on the Hebrew Roots Movement, which will try to bring you back into the Old Testament Levitical law system and say that it's biblical, and it's not. It's bondage, and again, if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. doesn't mean we go around sinning and, 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 and um, uh, using our liberty for an occasion in the flesh. Okay, There's a biblical balance here, um, but they're trusting in their righteous works in order to get them into heaven. That's the difference that, um, that we're trying to explain here between trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ and relying on Him to give you the power to live a righteous life through the Holy Spirit. That type of thing. Um, <clears throat> also, making sure that um, where Jesus talked about if we um, if we don't forgive others, don't expect to obtain forgiveness. Okay, so we need to go around sometimes daily, um, especially if you're in, in any kind of secular job where you might have people being rude to you on a daily basis. It's tough to constantly be in a mode where you may be having to forgive people like on a daily basis over and over and over again and again really only through the holy spirit can you do that i just don't think you can muster that some people are more geared for that um than others some people don't they don't have as much of a problem but in today's day and age people are so rude i mean you get out on the on the road and people are you know cut you off for no reason or, or riding on your bumper and i mean it's like i did nothing to provoke any of this i was minding my own business and you know it's like the hordes of hell unleashed. And, and a lot of it's, it will, really probably all of it is demonic. Just demons manifesting in people. And, and, and they being used to basically trying to just ruin other people's day <laughs> on a daily basis. So um, it's not easy. And that's why I think it's important, you know, getting up, starting your day, you know, in the word of God, praying, trying to start on that foundation for the day. Um, on, on the right foot and then a lot of times things just work out so much better if, if you can do that so let's go further here uh, now switching gears Matthew seven thirteen says enter ye in at the straight gate um, for wide is the gate and broad is the way which that leadeth to destruction and many there be that go thereat now that's the way of the world essentially going uh, really what Aleister Crowley said, do what thou will should be the whole of the law. They just kind of go their own way. Whether it's it's in false religion, thinking they're earning their way to heaven, okay, through their own um, righteousness, that's a big way that many people go through, brought as the way which, that lead it to destruction. They're, they're trusting in false religion or some cult. And so that's a, that's a way that, that um, a huge way that people end up in hell. Or just thinking that, um, inventing their own religion in their head, thinking, oh, either maybe they don't believe in God, maybe they, they think that we just die and that's it. Or maybe they've invented their own religion in their head, like my parents had for a long time. Like, well, I don't think God would do that, and you know, he wouldn't put him in hell, and they've essentially invented their own religion when they do that. So, um, anyway, let's go further. Uh, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, um, and there are few there be that find it. 
Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Now that's very timely for today's day and age, particularly in the realm of charismania, charismatic movement, where you know everywhere you look there, there's a, another so-called prophet. Well, again, the test of a prophet is they are supposed to nail it every time, 100% of the time, if they're hearing from God, Deuteronomy 18, and then you go a few, few chapters forward, and what they should tell you should never lead you away from the Word of God. I mean, they could tell you something and it could come to pass, but it could be leading you away from God. So those are the two tests of the prophet, and the punishment in the Old Testament was death for the prophet if you didn't abide by that. So it's a really big deal to God, and today there's a lot of false prophets, but they don't have that same... I really believe there's no disincentive. There, there, there's no fear of God in, in a particularly from my time I spent in the charismatic movement a long time ago. There's really not a lot of fear of God, and they don't have to worry about the Old Testament times where you know they'd be taken on stoned if they were found to be a false prophet. So there's uh, because there's not hardly any judgment in the church because they're not judging their own. Uh, there's real no disincentive for people to have, for, for all these charlatans to propagate like they have in the modern day 501c3 corporate denominational church movements that we see. There's real no super disincentive. I mean, you can get rich, you can spew false prophecies, you can do all of this stuff, and there's really not a lot of repercussion. You know, you don't see these guys end up even going to jail typically. I mean, unless they get caught embezzling or whatever, you know, they can, they're caught in relationships. A lot of them are caught in relationships with like, you know, little boys and stuff. I mean, man, I mean, the stuff that goes on in the church now, I mean, you know, all of this stuff would have been, or a lot of it would have been death sentences in the Old Testament. And, you know, just goes on now. So... There is a day coming, judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. Okay, There is a day of coming, of reckoning coming for them. And I do believe that a lot of this is happening because of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, where it says, And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So I think a lot of it is fulfilling end time scripture. 2 Timothy 3.13, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. All of this is, and then you look at Daniel and Revelation and all of the wickedness that will abound. So um, understand it's part of what the Bible predicts. What we, what we don't want to do as Christians is, is to be caught up in that wickedness. You know, wherefore come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Like the Bible talks about in 2 uh, Corinthians 6. Okay, and that's what we want to try to do, separate ourselves from all that garbage. And it's really tough. I mean, this has got to be the most complicated, convoluted, hard time to live as a Christian ever. I mean, you look at all the stuff I cover with vaccines and all the ways that we can destroy ourselves from a physical standpoint. And I think with vaccines, I don't even, like I said, I don't even know what that's doing to you spiritually anymore. I don't know what they're putting in there, foreign DNA and all this garbage. So it's really tough in today's day and age to try to deal with just the sheer voluminous amount of evil that we have to contend with on a daily basis. It's got to be the hardest time ever to try to, of, 
I mean, I know that, that if you're in America, at least right this second, you don't have to worry about, you know, getting your head lopped off. Okay, other parts of the world, that's not the case. But just the sheer amount of devices of Satan, I don't think there's ever been a time in the history of man that there's been more devices of Satan, more pitfalls, more traps than there is now. And, and it's, again, it's the reason I put out these emails, these newsletters, both health, Christian current events, and then the audios is just to try to keep up with the sheer volume of of Satan's devices, lest he get an advantage of us as the Bible talks about, and that we're not destroyed for lack of knowledge like the Bible talks about in Hosea 4.6. So, going forward, um, uh, this is in regard to false prophets. Uh, Beware false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Okay, so they come to you in sheep's clothing. They can seem like the nicest people on the planet. Uh, also, the Bible talks about Satan's ministers can appear as ministers of righteousness, and it's no marvel himself because Satan can appear as an angel of light. So that's why we're to test the spirits. We're to we're to um, we're to look at their fruits. The Bible says in the next verse, "You shall know them by their fruits." Uh, do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? And again, a fruit of a prophet, you just have to look at their track record. What are their prophecies? What do they say? Have they all come to pass? I don't see this where I see, yes, he's never missed a prophecy. And then you start checking in and it's like, no, you missed a ton of prophecies. You just like to say you've never missed a prophecy. You know? Um, <laughs> extremely, extremely rare um, in today's day and age. I'm not saying it can't be, but I'm just saying it's extremely, extremely rare. Um, Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. Um, a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth forth not good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. So that's a warning to Christians that if they, you know, if they're bringing forth bad fruit, okay, or if you call yourself a Christian and you're bringing forth bad fruit consistently over, well, a tree is known by its fruit. Okay, so that's a warning there. Um... Regarding that, Matthew 7, 20, Wherefore by their fruits you shall know them. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. So that's something I think we should pray about, that we're always doing the will of the Father. And the will of the Father is going to be different for every single person. Okay? Um, I don't know what would be an example of that. I guess somebody that that maybe was called to be a pastor in in... They did it, but they got into uh, greed, you know, one example, or false doctrine, and they kept on with it, and they and they stayed in that, and they're not doing the will of the Father. They may have been at one time, but they're not now. And so, you know, something that's, this is where you get into the whole fear of God thing, where, where Jesus talks about, fear not man, which can kill the body, but fear me that can... Fear, fear God that can cast both body and soul into hell. And that, that's where it really gets down to brass tacks, you know, and, and that's what the fear of God. And that's if, if you're asking, if you're concerned about what is the will of the Father in my life and you're asking God about it, and I'm talking to myself as much as I would to anybody. I'm not saying that I've attained here in any way, shape, or form. Um, but the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, 
the beginning of understanding. It's the beginning of knowledge. The Bible says, the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them, which also implies protection. Um, the opposite of the fear of God is humility. And if you, you can pray for the fear of God, and the Bible says, to this man will I look, to him that trembleth at my word, and, and, and these types of things, talks about that in Isaiah 66. So that's the person that God is going to look to of a meek and contrite spirit, humble spirit, and trembleth at my word. If you see somebody walk around and they're all full of themselves and they're all full of pride and they're all like con condemning and, and pointing the finger and, 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 you know, just really sanctimonious and holier than thou and, and, and um, condescending, man, that's not of God. Jesus, the, the Bible talks about Jesus being meek and lowly, you know, so you don't want to operate like that, you know. Uh, in, in your life. That, that's not what God likes. He doesn't like that attitude. So, Matthew 7.22, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? Um, now, again, these are people that appear to call themselves Christians. You know, and, and I, really, I can see this really being in, in the realm of... Um, Charismania. Now, I'm not saying there's not a lot of false stuff going on in denominational Christianity in particular. Um, but these things, there's not all denominations uh, even do these things. Not to say that they're not biblical. I'm just saying that they're, they're not, not all denominations even do these things. Um, and then the Bible says in Matthew 7.23, And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Um, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Now, it says, I never knew you. So, I kind of wonder if they were, you know, if there was even a time. Because he says, I never knew you. You know, where, you know, they, where they ever had any relationship with the Lord at all. Okay. Um, but they did all these things. And you, you think of somebody like, okay, it's real easy examples of something like this. These false televangelist guys. Okay, Benny Hinn. You know, prophesied in his name, supposedly cast out devils, done many wonderful works. I could see Benny Hinn standing before God saying that, you know, and then God professes unto them, him, I never knew you depart from me, the work iniquity. There's, there's a real easy example of, of somebody like that. And, um, so you can kind of maybe uh, put two and two together on that verse. So going forward. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Now, again, that's another evidence that you're saved, because when things get bad, and, when, and they're going to get real bad in America, um, and, and elsewhere in the world, uh, Bible predicts it, all the handwritings on the wall, a sign of salvation is, is 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 your house not falling because it's founded upon the rock of Christ Jesus. No matter how bad it gets, you're an overcomer. You're going to endure to the end through the Lord Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, not in and of yourself, not in and of your own righteousness or works, but through through the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's that's the difference. You, you you're not going to be able to uh, even if you were playing church and you said, "Well, I'm going to earn my way to heaven." You're not going to be able to. You're not going to be able to do that in and of yourself. 
You, you, you won't have what it takes without the power of the Holy Spirit living inside you. Without Father God and the Lord Jesus Christ. You won't be able to do it. You know? Um, let's go further here. Okay, so let's switch gears here and go to Matthew 18.3 where it says, And said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. What does that imply? Humility. Okay, so if you have somebody and like, bless God, yeah, I got saved and I've been serving God all these years and oh, bless God and I, I've been, you know, chased Satan back to hell and, you know, this kind of stuff, that kind of stuff you might have heard before. I know I have. Well, was there ever a time that that person was like converted and became as a little child before God? You know, I, I kind of wonder, you know, I'm just saying, it's just... To me, it seems unlikely. Um, and then the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, that's sex outside of marriage. Okay? So, you know, there's one that I've had people email me. And they're like, yo, I've had my, you know, we've been living together. We're going to get married. And I'm like, so you're, you're not married. You're living together, okay? You're sleeping together, I'm assumed. And in God's eyes, you're a fornicator. I'm just saying. I'm not judging. I'm just giving you a basic biblical definition there. Um, nor idolaters. Now, you know, with idolatry, you know, anything that's before God. And for a lot of people, it's sports. You know? A lot of people, it's sports. Or maybe with... Um, like, or some women, maybe it's like soap operas or, or uh, the entertainment world, you know, or, you know, there, there's a lot of different things that can get between you and God. It's not like, you know, you've got to have some little idol of Moloch in your living room that you're bowing down to worship. I, I don't think that this, okay, granted, yeah, that would fall in line with idolatry in the purest sense of the word, but... I'm talking about, I mean, why do they think they're called American Idol or they're teen idols or I idolize this sports star and this, I mean, I'm just saying this is all idolatry before God, you know, um, so you got to be real careful on that one, nor adulterers, well, that's sex outside of marriage, nor effeminate, well, that's guys that act like they're little light in the loafers, you know what I mean, um, they're... I mean, or, Lord, have mercy. I mean, maybe they're wearing a little bit of, you know, makeup to make themselves look effeminate. You know, that happens. I mean, you, then you got your, your transvestites and drag queens, which are the, you know, extreme examples of that, I guess. Nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Okay, well, okay, that implies, um, you know, gay sodomy and stuff like this. And this is why Sodom and Gomorrah was consumed in fire and brimstone. Um, nor thieves... Okay, I think we know what the definition of a thief is, nor covetous. Now, granted, it doesn't mean that we're going to walk around in sinless perfection, okay? Okay, and I'm getting to a verse after this. So, understand that when ye sin, you know, you confess that sin and, 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 and you repent of that sin and this type of stuff. Okay, so where the Bible talks about this, um, and um, let's see here. If we First uh, John one eight, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Okay, so it's not like we're walking around in sinless perfection either. I mean, Paul said, 
um, in um, Romans, okay, oh, what a, basically, oh, what a wretch of a man that I am. The things that I should do, I, I don't do, and the things I should do, or I shouldn't do, that I do, you know? Who, and basically, who should, who should deliver me from the body of this death? Okay, if you read that whole chapter there in Romans where, where it talks about that, I mean, he's not walking around in sinless perfection, but we don't use our liberty for an occasion of the flesh either. Okay, so we don't walk around, okay, well, I got a free pass to sin. And you, 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 through the Lord Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, you do your best, you know, but we're never going to walk around in sinless perfection in this plane of existence. I, I hear people you know, that say that to this day, I, I hear of, of, you'll, you'll hear somebody maybe preaching or something. And then usually it's a humble preacher. And then he'll say, some guy comes up to him after the service and says, yep, I haven't sinned in, you know, 38 years. And one was, was so, wasn't funny, but it was laughable, I guess, from the standpoint of, of what he said next is, is <laughs> guy said that. And then I don't know, somewhere else in the conversation after that, he said something about the effect that he goes home and beats his wife every day. <laughs> but he said he hasn't sinned in 38 years, okay? I mean, I mean I've heard stories like that in, in people that think that they're, they don't sin anymore, you know, which is absolute, total pride. I mean, just arrogant, arrogant, blinding pride to say if, you, if you're in that boat, okay? Um, and then it says in the next verse, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that's the important part. Okay. Tr trying to get right with the Lord. And, um, I think that's why the, when Jesus said, when you pray, pray this way, the pattern of the Lord's prayer. And it always has in there, you know, forgive us our, our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Because we will not obtain forgiveness from sin if we don't. And I'm not, the blood of Jesus Christ is what does that. But confessing them on a daily basis keeps, keeps that clean slate with God. So that there's not that separation between you and the Lord. Which sin brings in. Okay. I think we'd all agree with that. Sin separates us from God. So um, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So the Bible says in Romans 7.23, But I see another law in my members, meaning my body, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. The greatest, possibly the greatest apostle that ever walked the earth said this. And then he said, Oh, wretched man that I am, who should deliver me from the body of this death? You know, so it's, it's something that you're going to battle till the day you die. Okay. But... It's just important, I think, to have that that um, that perspective. So let's go back to this. Uh, let's see here. And this is the verse where the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Um, and then it says, nor thieves, okay, and nor covetous. Now, that is a real easy one for any of us to potentially slip into, you know, um, you know, just wanting something in the world really bad and, and, and maybe starting to obsess on it, okay? And, and it's, it's real important that we don't, you know, slip into that, that mode. And, and, and again, not to say that, that you might not slip into that mode, but it, I'm just saying that you don't want to stay there, okay? You don't want to, to, to live there and, and be that part of your life, that that's between you and God, you know? Um, it's very important. Uh, then it says, nor drunkards, 
Um, I think that's clear enough. Nor revilers. Okay, so a reviler, just to give you a definition from the Web, Noah Webster 1828 dictionary, which more accurately defines the words in the King James Bible, time period-wise. Reviler, one who reviles another, obviously that doesn't help us. One who treats another with contemptuous language. Okay, so that's what that means. Um, contempt, having using contemptuous language uh, toward others. That's a reviler. Um, let's go back to the study here. Um, nor violers, nor extortioners. You've, you know, you've heard of people extorting money out of others and maybe through blackmail, stuff like that. Nor extortioners. Um, they shall, um, none of these shall inherit the kingdom of God. Okay. And then the next verse says, and such were some of you. Okay. But you're washed but you're sanctified, but you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So if you had somebody just reading you those two verses as a Christian and, and thinking, well, yeah, well, there's a time I was covetous and, and, and this and that, and even after I was saved or, or whatever, or maybe I got too involved in something and it became an idol in my life, or, or maybe I, whatever, okay? But then the Bible says, and such were some of you. Okay, but you're washed, but you're sanctified. Sanctified means, means to be made holy and set apart. Okay, but you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Okay, so there's your, your hope verse. Okay, you got two verses of if that's all you read, you'd feel pretty bad. You know, thinking, oh man, I mean, okay. But then there's this hope verse and it, and it centers on Jesus Christ and how we're justified and how we're washed and how we're sanctified and how we're cleansed of sin. Okay, so then let's go. Um, and that's what I'm trying to do with this this study here is, is I don't want it to be all like, you know, doom and gloom um, without biblical balance. We need to always have biblical balance when we examine the scriptures. So Luke 21, 34, and take heed to yourselves lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting. Um, and that's basically um, like uh, partying and drunkenness and cares of this life. And so that day come upon you unawares. Okay. For it shall come upon all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. And basically the day of your death is what they're in reference to here. Okay. So we're not supposed to be, you know, overcharged um, over. This is like the center of our life. Surfeiting you know, partying, drunkenness, cares of this life. Um, then it says, watch ye there, in verse 36, watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy. And this is something we should be doing to watch, pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all the things that shall come to pass. And in Lord knows a lot of stuff's getting ready to come to pass on this planet and to stand before the son of man. So that's a ver really good verse to re remember and to pray about. Okay, Matthew ten twenty two, and ye shall be hated of all men for my sakes, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Okay, enduring to the end, you know, it doesn't mean that you you say a little prayer one day in a, or in a church, or you read a tract, you say a little prayer, and you go and you live. Your, your merry way, any way you like it, you live like the devil and you think you're going to go to hev heaven. Okay, it doesn't work that way. 
but he that endured to the end shall be saved. Acts 3.19, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out um, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Okay, so um, 1 John 5.4, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Okay, so it always boils back to faith. Okay, always seems like the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, um, his death, burial, and resurrection, his blood that, that cleanses, cleanseth us from all sin. This is the faith. This is how we overcome the world. Okay, this is how we, re, we become overcomers and gain the true victory. Um, 1 John 5.5 5. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Okay? Now, I had a preacher one time, and he just, he, um, I think he preached the ver the First John 5, 4. Uh, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. And then he preached the next verse. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Okay, amen. Amen. That's the absolute total foundation bedrock for overcoming. Right there. That's the recipe. But there's also other verses in the Bible that talk about overcoming. And there's there are some really heavy-duty ones. Okay? Revelation 2.7 He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh. Now this is what the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, saith unto the churches. Uh, this is where the churches are addressed in Revelation 1 through, ver through um, chapter 3. To him that overcometh will I give to eat a tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Uh, well, praise the Lord, okay? That, that sounds amazing. And then Revelation 2.10 um, says, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you in prison, that you may be tried, um, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. What if you're not faithful unto death? What what if you what if you draw back? The Bible talks about drawing back into perdition. Okay? Perdition's damnation. So I'm just saying it's not something I want to find out. Okay, and this is why it says he that endured to the end. Okay? And th these are really heavy duty verses, but you know, I love you enough to tell you the truth, and and this is what's in the Bible, okay? Um and again, it's not by your own power that this is done. You, you just don't become Mr. Super Christian and you do this through the, the Holy Spirit and, 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 and by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and Father God. It's the only way it can be done. And um, the bigger your faith is, and also putting on the full armor of God is very important in regard to all this as well, but the bigger your faith is, I believe the easier it will be to endure whatever is coming. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So to increase your faith, get in the word of God more. Okay? And so, without faith it is impossible to please God, is what the Bible says. Revelation 2.11 He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit, capital S, saith to the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Okay, what's the second death? Revelation 12.14 And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Okay, it says, he that overcometh shall not be heard of the second death. Well, then you better be an overcomer. You better overcome. Because you don't want to get cast into the lake of fire, is what, is, uh, what it's saying here, clearly. Okay, um, 
Revelation 21.8. But the fearful, now what does that word mean in this particular context? What it means is, is um, and I'm looking at Strong's lexicon, timid, fearful, but in the particular usage, uh, Thayer's Greek lexicon says, Christians who through fear and cowardice give way under persecutions and apostatize. Okay, so again, this would be drawing back to perdition. This would be not enduring to the end. This would not be overcoming. Okay, that's the fearful we're talking about here. It's not talking about, oh, I'm afraid of spiders. Or I'm afraid of yellow jackets. Stuff like that. Okay, this is it's a specific kind of fear that we're in reference to here. But the fearful and unbelieving, obviously the unbelieving meaning unbelievers in Jesus Christ, and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers, which is sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars, shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Okay, that's what the second death means. Revelation 2.17, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone, and a new stone, and, and in the stone a new name written which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. So you're going to get a new name. The overcomers will all get new names, and they will be able to eat of the hidden manna. And I'm sure that will all be amazingly, unbelievably awesome. Okay, and I know I'm not doing it justice there, but um, Revelation 2.26, And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. So, again, enduring to the end. Revelation 3, 5. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name of the book of life. Well, okay, what does that mean? <laughs> let's, let's conversely say, okay, you don't want to get your name blotted out of the book of life. And if that wasn't possible, why would this verse be in there? Okay, he that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name. Okay, what if you're not an overcomer? Well, then you're going to have your name blotted out of the book of life. That's what it sounds like to me. Okay, um, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. So um, again, just praying to to be an overcomer, and and we know the foundational bedrock for all of this is faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and Father God, abiding in the Spirit. These types of things. It's not enough of yourselves, lest any man should boast. Okay, just like salvation isn't. Okay, but. Um, these are just things that, that are in the Bible that you rarely will ever hear taught upon. And they're all kind of saying the same thing, aren't they? Aren't they kind of all like, you know, saying basically you got you, you, you need to do this. You need to overcome. Okay. Um, Revelation 3.12. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more, go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven, from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. Okay, so praise the Lord. Um, Revelation 3.20. I mean, not all of these are negative, obviously. <laughs> A lot of them are, are awesome. I mean, amazing. Um, they're all amazing. It's just that, you know, some of them are, are a lot more scary than others. Okay, but again, that's fear of God. That's fear of God. Okay, um, which you're not, a lot of times you, you can go to a, a particular denomination and never experience any fear of God the whole 
the whole, and I understand the reason he saved us originally, the reason Jesus Christ died on the cross and shed his blood, that, that was the love of God. Okay, I get that. And, and For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Okay, true. Not, not arguing with that at all. But there's a balance with God too. Okay, there, there's, there's the love of God. There's the fear of God. And, and I think it's, it's good to have that balance. It's, it's necessary uh, in there. So let's go forward here. Um, uh, to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. So praise the Lord. <laughs> uh, Revelation 21.7, he that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God and he shall be my son. Okay, Ephesians 2.8, and again, we're going to shift gears here. For by grace are you saved through faith, Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you say by the grace of God, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So I wanted to keep that real clear. Yes, works will follow salvation as a byproduct of the good fruit you're bearing from the Holy Spirit living inside you, of the overcomer that you are, okay? Through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how the good fruit comes. It, But if the good fruit's coming from something, you're... You're generating and mustering because you think you're earning your way to heaven and the Holy Spirit don't live inside you. That's all filthy rags. That's what the Bible calls it, filthy rags before God. Um, okay, so let's go forward here. Um, Ephesians 2.10, and the next verse says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. He's before ordained your steps. Which is, which is cool, because it's not like he doesn't know, you know, your beginning from your end. He does, okay? And so, and so that's something that we can uh, take comfort in as well. And Revelation 12, 11, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. I mean, I watched those poor uh, Coptic Christians get their heads. No, I didn't watch it. I stopped right they, like, I was watching, I'll, I'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah, that was just beyond horrific. Um, and it sure looked to me they, they love not their lives unto death. I mean, I don't know. That's the way it looked to me. I mean, I, I know you could say, and I've said this before, the Coptic Christians are they're in false religion. But you know what? Who am I to judge if it, what, what their relationship with it is with Jesus Christ? If they're trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ... And they go and they get their heads sawed off on a beach and they don't even, I mean, they're not, they didn't even try to resist. And they were saying, I, I believe they said something to, um, like praising Jesus as they were being, be I mean, huh, I'm not going to judge them. There ain't no way I'm judging them. You know, now if they were saved, do you think that they were doing that of their own power? They were just taking that. Because they were they were earning their way into into heaven. I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, and and um, you know, it, it was. Uh, I don't advise you watch that video. I'm going to get into that a little bit later today. Um, we'll, we'll go into that a little bit more. But um, it was it was just beyond pitiful. It it, it was just. I only watched a split second of when they started to do that and, and, and it made me so angry I, I came totally unglued.
I did. I lost it. I sinned. <laughs> so I'm not up here saying that that Taylor wasn't happy with me. You know, I I, I was I was I was so angry. Uh, I just don't understand how somebody could be that evil and wicked and just heinously evil. And I did not Christian. When I, when I saw that, when I that what they did is, is they had them there, and then all of a sudden they fast-forwarded it, where they just started to chop off their heads. And I'm like, I don't like to watch that stuff. The Bible says I was setting a wicked thing before my eye. I can't look at that stuff. It, it just, and, and I came unglued. I, I, I was incredibly, you know. So I'm not, I'm not up here giving this teaching saying I'm Mr. Purity and holiness and living in sinless perfection. I, I'm not. Was I righteous and dignant? Beyond Probably about as mad as I'd ever been in my life. Because it, it, it's just, it, it's like they're they're just totally, you know, they weren't even, they weren't trying to fight back. They weren't being defiant. They weren't being belligerent. They just sat there and they took it, you know. And and these, these Muslims think that they're so, you know, in Allah's, well, I guess they are in Allah's will. You know, and, and they're so much better and they're cleansing the world of these infidels and they're they're doing God's will and work and this plan. And it's like, could you imagine being that demonically infested to the toenails where you think that you're actually doing good, you know, by doing something like this? And anyway, we'll, we'll get to a lot more later. Um, Matthew 7.26, and everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew now you heard the first part about being built on the rock but this is the last part of it and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it okay so that's when the tribulations and the trials and these types of things come if you don't have your house built on the solid rock of christ jesus uh as a true born again bible believing christian and, and if, if you're not, you know, rooted in his word and, 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 and prayed up and, and, and reading the Bible and these types of things um, and trying to, you know, do the stuff that we outlined in this study, you know, you're going to have a really rough time with the days and times ahead. And that's why I wanted to do this study today, because, you know, I can report on all this, this current event garbage every week. I mean, and today's study is just beyond, beyond comprehension. Okay, but this, what I'm getting into right now, this is really on a personal basis, on a, on a one-on-one -on -one basis between you and God. This is far more important, you know, it really is. I'd be the first one to admit it. Here's the deal. I'm a watchman. I'm not a pastor. I can't do, I'm not called to be a pastor and I can't do all that. Um, so I don't ever say, okay, use this ministry as a, as a, uh, as your, I'm your past. I, I, I would never do that. Okay. Um, I fulfill a niche in the body of Christ. And I try to like the, some people say, stay in your own lane. I kind of try to stay in my lane and, and do that. But there are things that need to be emphasized biblically when you're dealing with this heavy duty type of inf in information where you don't ever want to stray far from, from the word of God because you're going to lose perspective if you just stay in this negativity all the time and get immersed in it and, and, and start feeling like the walls are closing in and start to fear man and have no fear of God. And you're just all man-centered, man-centered, situation-centered fear. You know, that's not what we want to do. Um, cause that's not faith building either. So, um, 
my last comment here is, in other words, when the testing of persecution, trials, and tribulation comes to false Christians, they ultimately will fall away and draw back into perdition. And um, the Bible talks about drawing back into perdition in, in Hebrews. So, now I've done teachings on, one is called Overcoming Protection, Meekness, Answer Prayer, Faith, Fear of the Lord. Heavily relates to this subject, because I didn't cover everything, I couldn't. Um, it's a two-part teaching. I gave you that, the links to here in the PDF. And then um, also teaching and then the, uh, called The Cross of Christ and the Crucified Life. Um, and I gave you the links to those. That's a four-part teaching. And I also gave you the links to the PDFs. And the most important thing is if you're not saved, if you're hearing this, well, we don't want to put the cart before the horse. You need to get saved. Okay, that's the most important thing. So gave you the link to my teaching on, it's called True Salvation. It's a series of, it's a page, but it, talk, it walks you through salvation and then things like baptism and, and then these overcoming and the cross of Christ and stuff like that. It's a link here. It's also on my website at contendingfortruth.com and near the top right hand side. And that's the most important thing that you need to get right and straight with the Lord. So if you're not saved, I beg you to go to that and avail yourself to that information. Because the stuff I talked about today, well, yeah, I'm not saying it wouldn't apply to you, but you gotta get you, you need to get straight and right with God first. You need to get saved first. And then these other things are the things you deal with after salvation, typically for the most part. So um, that's all we're going to do for part one. And I'm going to stop here and we will go to part two next where we'll actually start on the current events. So God bless you and see you in part two. Scott Johnson's 900 plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G for F-O-R truth, T-R-U-T-H dot com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 3730 North, Highway 16, Suite Number 211, Denver, North Carolina, 28037. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.